Hello, besties. Welcome to Martini with Eddie, your ultimate destination for everything Bravo. Join me as we spill the tea, dissect the drama, and uncork the juiciest gossip from your favorite reality TV shows. And um, it's been quite a week for Bravo. I mean, if you have been following Bravo World, it's been an insane amount of content that we have gotten this week alone. Obviously, besides the episode that we usually get, uh, we also got the Beverly Hills trailer. We have the um, the Miami trailer, photos, cast photos. We got news. We have New Jersey filming two events this week. We also have, obviously, the Orange County reunion. And we'll be talking about all the stuff tonight because I couldn't do my two weeks, two two episodes a week this week because I had some, you know, fillers for BravoCon. You know, as you can see, my jawline is really more defined now. And um, I want to say thank you to Bill Aiden for being so kind to, you know, be there at his um, center when I got there and say hi. I want to address something real quick because I want to make sure that you guys get that it was not a freebie like most people are trying to say online um if you go to my twitter somebody actually tried to say like oh that's how you got paid for posting stuff about jennifer aiden and stuff i'm like no you want me i i can post my statements i actually did and uh, I'm not going to tolerate that type of conversation on my podcast and my Twitter account because f- first, if it was true, that's none of somebody's business. And two, I mean, I'm sorry that I can't afford it on my own. I mean, I don't need a $500 gift card from Walmart to post about housework that I love and that I had loved for a very long time. So I just wanted to get that out of the way because I like to nip stuff in the butt or butt. We had that conversation on Salt Lake City. I'm still confused. Is it bot or bot? Hmm. We'll figure it out. But anyways, <laughs> this week we got many, many, many episodes. And I want to focus on like the main topics of each of them so we can have a nice conversation. Because, I mean, New York, to start, it's having a crazy drama between Jessel and pretty much everybody else. I mean... Jessel and Aaron has been going on for a very long time. And I thought we got to the point where Jessel was going to like, you know, have a moment for herself and be able to enjoy being a housewife. You know, there's more housewife to have drama with, but it seemed like Jessel is the target. And surprisingly, Jessel has been uh, coming on top on pretty much every single fight that she's been involved in. Now it's with Sai, right? I'm trying to understand why Sai feels like that Jessel wants to own one up on them, right? There is something that is called um, relating to somebody, not comparing your situation to them, but finding some points where you can relate to them so you can build friendship and build connections and true a bond with people, right? Most of the time when we first meet people, we're trying to find those places where we feel connected with either a struggle or a hobby or show that we watch like for example us as bravo holics pretty much our 
core of connection is Bravo shows, right? Nobody here is trying to like be like, oh my gosh, I know this Bravo lab, so I'm better than you, or something like that. No, nobody cares about that in that level. We have to understand that we all watch these shows because we enjoy them, right? And we want to waste our time talking about people that might not even care about our opinion, right? Um, the same thing happened in New York, and it's been happening for a while, where if Jessel said anything, she's questioned so many times. The first time was because... Um, Jessel shared her family story and Erin felt like she was lying. Um, okay. So if Jessel doesn't share anything, she is quiet and forgettable. But if she opens up to them, she is trying to, I don't know, overshare and be better than everybody else. I'm not really sure, you guys. I hope you guys are paying attention to those little things because... I, I, I watch this show and I try to analyze it as a reality TV show, but also as a human interaction, especially in New York, because it's a new cast, right? They just probably met before filming. Some of these ladies probably met while filming. So it's not strange to share part of your story to find a, you know, point of connection, right? The fact that Sai left the lunch that they were having halfway through it because she felt like Jessel was just coming with a new story, you know, because of her, you know, Sai's mother, you know, situation, right? She shared the story, fine. But wouldn't it be nice to simply say, you know what, I can relate to that too. Or, yes, that's it. That's all that Jessel is trying to say. One of the moments on this episode that I loved, that it has nothing to do with Jessel, for a change, uh, was to see Brent and Jen Alliance at a gay club and see how super ally it's Brent to the gay community. She was freaking hysterical, trying to be uh, Jenna Lyons like wing women. It was like the best of like the episode because the dynamic between Jessel and between uh, Brent and Jenna Lyons, it's to me so refreshing. A lot of people were criticizing Brent because um, she was kind of flirting with Jenna Lyons and people are like, yeah, but you're straight. Don't flirt with a gay woman. You are, you are, you know, putting you know, feelings and stuff, but maybe just maybe they are close enough to allow those jokes to happen, right? Um, just because somebody is attracted to the same sex doesn't mean, doesn't mean that it's attracted to everybody from the opposite, from the same sex, right? Uh, just be, it's like when, it's like when straight guys said like, oh, don't talk to me or don't, you know, don't say anything to me because uh, you're gay and I'm straight. You know, and like, sometimes people are not necessarily flirting with them. And in this case, you know, it seems like Jenna and Brent have a very clear friendship that that boundary might not be something that is concerning for them, like the flirtation part or the, uh, you know, just saying like kind of cute jokes to each other. I don't see the problem. Many people did. 
I honestly thought that that was actually quite fun. And being able to have that friendship that they can feel comfortable around each other, around each other, knowing that nobody is catching feelings in the process, right? Also, I don't think Brent is necessarily Jenna Lyons type of girl. Uh, I I saw Jenna with her uh, fiance, right? I think she announced that she was engaged a couple of weeks ago. I saw them in Soho. Uh, I was shopping and I saw them passing by. I snapped a photo because, um, you know what? I just like, hey, there's Jenna Lyon. But I didn't want to stop her and be like, Jenna, come take a picture with me. Or and because she, she is going on her day, right? But I kind of wanted to just catch the moment. And, and she was so, I mean, for what I can see, she was so loving with, um, with the person she was with, right? And um, it's definitely not like Bren. It's nothing like Bren. So, you know, some people can simply flirt and be fine with it. The fact that uh, Bren went to the to the, uh, to the gay bar and she was giving uh, Janice, you know, dating advices and trying to, like, play the wink woman and um, setting her up with this other girl that it was actually beautiful. Um, it was really cool. I honestly want Bren to have a uh, a dating show because every time that she talks about relationship, even though she doesn't seem to be in one, her advices are quite good. I mean, if you watch that episode, watch what happened live when um, she gave five advices in uh, in how to have a successful relationship. I mean, to be honest, it's true. Like, whatever everything she said was funny, but it was true. Also, I do believe that each relationship have the right to create their own rules. And we are going to talk about that because there was another scene with Abe, Aaron, Abe, who is uh, uh, Aaron's husband. With, uh, they were having a double date with Sai and Sai's husband, right? First of all, Abe made a really bold comment when Erin said, like, what would you do if, you know, your wife stopped having sex with you um, for more than a year or year and a half? And he said, like, I'll fuck somebody else. I'm like, I mean, that was a bold comment. And he didn't seem to be joking. I appreciate the honesty because a lot of guys will be like, oh, I'm here to support you. I'm here to this or whatever. Guys do not think with their heart. Guys think with their heart on. So, uh, yes, it's true. It's the nature of being a man and also a woman. I mean, even Erin said that too. She's like, I can be in a relationship that is sexless 100%. She even said, like, bring the gays, bring the unicorns, bring whatever to spice their own marriage. And like I said before, Every relationship has the right to do what is needed to make it work. A lot of the times we have the, this idea that the only form of relationship is a monogamous relationship, right? That you have to be with the same person forever and everything needs to be perfect. And any fight is a problem. And any argument is the sign of the ending of a relationship. And that is not true. I mean, 
there is people who who marry their best friends and they might not have the most exciting sex life but they do have the best connection they know that they are meant to be with each other because um they complement their craziness perhaps right and some other people are just sex driven and they have sex all the time and they need to have that release at all times so they find ways to like hey if he, if you can satisfy me today we are allowed to go and find that somewhere else but that doesn't mean that you are cheating it means that you understand it you are mature enough that human nature is based on you know sexual desires and that's completely fine and like i said What works for one people for one group of people doesn't work for the other one. So we cannot expect that everybody is going to be okay with it. I quite understand Erin's point of view. And I happen to think that that is quite interesting to see a housewife openly talking about, you know what? We are not swingers, but we are open to three ways and we are open to the idea of bringing the gays. <laughs> Because that's what she said. Literally, that's what she said. She said like, hey, I want to bring a guy. And preferably a gay man, because then, I mean, he's not really into me, he's like halfway, right? Um, I don't know how that will work, though, at the end of the day. I don't know that many gay men who are turned on by a vagina, but I'm pretty sure she can find some. I mean, most men are attracted to boobs. Boobs, yes. Boobs, men find attractive. I mean, gay men find attractive. Gay men want to play with the boobs. You Most of the time, you see... Uh, gay men playing with her girlfriend's uh, boobs all the time. That's like a norm. There is something about boobs that is more appealing to the eye. Vagina, I don't know. Um, not every man is, 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 I mean, not every gay man is into that. So I don't know how Aaron's gonna find that. I mean, if um, maybe a bisexual guy or a guy who has more tendency to be gay, but um, can, you know, that 30%. I'm okay with that. I actually have my experience with the lady pond. So I, I, I understand it. But once again, that's not for everybody. One thing that is definitely not for everybody, including myself, is the fact that we are having way too many healing events on Housewife franchises. Like, I'm exhausted of these events. Like, come on, we need to come up with something new besides, like, bath uh, sound thing, or the shaman, or the, or, or like, the, the witch, or whatever. No, like, come on, like, we need something new. We saw this bath sound thing in Salt Lake City last season. We saw it in uh we saw the shaman in Miami. We saw the shaman in OC. We saw like come on like let's find something different. I'm pretty sure the other ways to find healing in your process. Also all the stuff work for like half an hour on the episode. Look what happened in, in Atlanta in the last season. That was a hot mess. That thing that that um that thing that Drew was uh, hosting. That lasted five minutes. There's no healing. Or what? No, like witness said, like healing. <laughs> like there's no healing in these freaking episodes. So let's pretend that that works. That doesn't work. That's just like a front for a, for a, um, for a business. Because I'm pretty sure the, the sound bath business bloomed and boomed with franchises, you know, uh, showcasing them on every freaking, ep every, every freaking, you know, city, right? I just really want 
to get to the point where Jesso can take a break from everybody. I think Jesso has worked so hard for her position and everybody else is using her for, for anything at this point. I'm surprised though, because when I first started watching New York, I was not expecting to be a Jesso fan. I thought Jesso was going to be that girl who was right in the middle, not involved, just kind of like shady in the confessionals and a little like out of touch with reality sometimes with her comments. I thought that's what I thought Jesso was going to be. But no, she has surprised pretty much all of us by being a fan favorite and being somebody who can stand on her own ground and just go with it. Look what happened at the beginning. Everyone, everybody was so invested with the whole thing that Jesso didn't have sex for, for like two years. Now that allegedly she had sex that night with uh, Pavette, um, then they don't believe her. And like, who who are we to like question that? Like, like side questioning the fact that she might or might not have had sex with her husband on that like staycation that they had. That's nobody's business. If she told you that, just like say yes and move on. Like let's let's not question everything. I mean. If it's true that they had sex, and it was the first time after a few years, after like two years or a year and a half, it probably was so fucking good because I'm pretty sure the energy was built up from having kids. And that's another stuff that I want to say. I do believe that some women take more time to feel comfortable in their bodies after having children. She carried twins. That belly probably was ginormous and... I don't know if she had a C-section, but if she pushed out two babies out of her vagina, I'm pretty sure she needed a couple of months to recover down there. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I don't have a vagina, so I can, I can say for a fact that that's what happened. But what I'm saying is, it's a labor of love and a labor of labor. That's what, that's why you call, you know, going into labor. <laughs> so I, I. I always kind of like question when people feel entitled to judge other women when it comes to having sex after having kids. I mean, if it, if, if it took Jessel a year and a half to feel comfortable with herself, that's her prerogative. So when Sai questioned the veracity of her having sex or not, that kind of like make me not like her much. And I like Sai. I like her sense of fashion. I think she is messy enough for the show. Some people are saying that she is unnecessary for the show. I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. It's not true. Uh because a big part of the arguments and a big part of the the drama this season, Sai has been involved. Maybe not on the right side of the argument, but she's been part of the argument. Uh, for a first season cast, somebody needed to do that job. And she's doing it pretty well. The only problem is, is that maybe her her delivery, it's coming off as obnoxious at times. Maybe it's just her New Yorker vibe. We forget that she's, you know, a New Yorker. And she doesn't sugarcoat anything. And some of these ladies are are implants, you know? So um, the vibe is different. 
when you are from an area to the another one. Like for example, I always said this because um, people don't understand how easily I can go from zero to Jersey. I, I grew up here and in Jersey and I, I identify with, you know, people being more, you know, vocal and loud and nauseous and, and, um, making a point and sometimes getting a little physical. Like, um, when people say, Oh, Jersey, the house of New Jersey are always loud and screaming and tossing things and, and cussing each other out and, and, and cussing all the time. I'm like, yeah, because that's how we talk in Jersey. That's why I like that franchise because I see myself in it. So when I see Sai, the way that she reacts, a lot of her reactions come from her upbringing too, you know? So it could, maybe it's not translating right, but I don't think that she is that bad of a housewife like most people want her to be or, or like putting her like in a place where she's like, oh, this like unnecessary character for the show. Do I, do I, am I like a big fan of Sai? No. Uh, I'm more of a Jenna Lyons, Brent and Jessel fan, but do I appreciate what, what Sai, what Sai brings to the table? Yes. And the best part about this franchise is, um, unlike other franchises, I can like everybody for different reasons. More than others, yes. But do I, do I like Erin? Yes. Erin is, is sweet in person. I mean, and she's also a necessary for the show because her, uh, her like dramatics are needed for a good reality TV. So sometimes we forget that a lot of these ladies are cast for a reason. Maybe not a reason that we like, maybe not the reason that we like, but a reason. Whew. One thing that I'm excited about when it comes to the new housewives of New York is that I'm excited to meet them at BravoCon. I'm going to mention real quick that Jessel is, um, she was out and watched what happened live the other day and, and Andy revealed categories for, um, for the Bravos, which I'm going to, right? And Jessel was nominated for one of them. She's nominated for, uh, who said, who, uh, the, who said that category or something like that? Who said that award? She's nominated with Candace, with Meredith, with uh, James Kennedy. Uh, I think it's uh, amazing that even in one in one season, she already is not nominated like against people who has been on the show for many years. Lisa Barlow is nominated too. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. You know that that the ladies are getting the recognition even with a one season. And BravoCon is going to be so epic. It's going to be so epic. Uh, yesterday, the uh, tickets for the Bravo After Dark, which is a party for the VIP holders, um, were released and I got one. So I'm going to be partying all weekend long in Vegas. And with that come a lot of content. So... Um, yeah, be, be ready for that. Um, talking about people who 
are going to be at BravoCon, but I don't know if they're going to be having a panel. It's Salt Lake City. For what I heard, Salt Lake City is filming the reunion um, right after BravoCon. So Bravo is trying to keep all the juice and the drama packed for the reunion because this season has been really dramatic. We are just at the beginning of the season and um, gosh, the drama, the drama and the gossip that has been happening in... uh, Salt Lake City is intense. I'm quite sad that I didn't see Mary Cosby on the lineup for for uh, BravoCon. I think Mary Cosby is uh, much needed on Salt Lake City. Am I her biggest fan? No. She blocked me on Twitter for no goddamn reason. I'm still pissed off about it. Because I had never tweeted anything like mega negative about uh, Mary Cosby. I only... You guys want to know why she blocked me? was because when the taglines from... That season where she said, like, Jesus is coming for you or whatever. Like, if you come for me, I'll send Jesus for you. I said, all I said was, that sounded like a uh, Marvel superhero tagline. Like, her her like superhero power is sending Jesus after you. And she blocked me for that shit. So I'm like, Mary, please. It wasn't that serious. So if anyone is listening here and you have Mary Cosby on your... um following you or you have any communication with Mary Cosby, just tell her to unblock me on Twitter because I haven't posted anything negative. I actually been praising her comeback to the show. For example, on this last episode, she was giving Heather unwelcome and unsolicited uh, fashion, you know, um, tips in a very Mary Cosby way. Also, also, then she decided to say like, "Oh, I'm 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 like overdressed to be here, and people are yelling. Please get me out of here!" In her confession, she was saying that I love Mary. I mean, I mean, she has issues with Whitney. I like Whitney too. Um, the only person that I still can't relate to whatsoever is Heather. Still to this day, I like her like a few episodes in the first season. And we used to talk on uh, Twitter. She used to follow me on Twitter, you know. Uh, but I, she don't follow me because I made fun of her choir. <laughs> and also, I, I'm like, I, I don't have any problem. This is the, this is the thing. People think that because some housewife or Bravo Lab follow me, I don't talk about their issues on the show. That's not 100% true. And Heather is that perfect example. She was following me and she, and I can tell she was watching my stories and she was watching my tweets because I saw reactions and I saw comments, you know, from her accounts. So, I mean, she didn't block me altogether, but she don't follow me uh, during the choir. Because I, I felt like it was such a bullshit storyline. <laughs> it is true. It was a bullshit storyline. Um, and I keep forgetting that she's part of the show. Honestly, I always forget that she's in it. There's nothing, like, to this day, I still feel like there is nothing iconic or remarkable of Heather beside the black eye that she tried to like brush under the rug and make it seem like this weird mystery which was very bizarre 
One person who's making definitely a big splash this season is newbie Monica. She is been going after Lisa Barlow way too hard at times. And I appreciate the fact that she talks about not being financially in the same position as the other ladies. But the way that she's approaching it seems so forced. Seems like... um. She's trying to relate to the viewers more than trying to tell her story. That's how I feel. I can be wrong. This is an opinion, right? I like Monica's energy. Don't get me wrong. I like what she brings. I like the fact that she's Colombian. You know, my I have a 25%, 25% Colombian DNA in my body. So my 25% Colombian side appreciates that. Uh, the, the other 75% is 100% uh, Spaniard. So um, I kind of relate more to the Spaniard side of my family, but I love the richness of the Colombian culture. So I can 25% relate to Monica. But there is some delivery done this season about the fact that, oh, Lisa Barlow is so materialistic. Oh, Lisa Barlow is talking about brands. Lisa Barlow is, uh, you know, flashing her wealth. And I'm like, girl, you sign up for a show about that. You sign up for it. And even though the viewers might feel related to you, because viewers might feel like it's hard to relate to like the Lisa Barlow's of the world because you might not have a $60,000 ring or you don't fly private jet to like Europe and whatever. And that's completely fine. But when we turn on the TV to watch Housewives, we kind of see this as an escapism of reality. We don't see this as like this is... We don't see the reality TV as reality, correct? So, yes, you want to relate to them in some level. But when the housewife is trying so hard to say, like, I'm broke. I'm broke all the time. Doesn't seem like it's 100% uh, honest. It doesn't seem like come from a place of, like, yes, I'm broke. And I'm really fighting hard for my life. If you have enough money to purchase a $5,000 Louis Vuitton bag because you want it to fit in. And that's another part of the conversation. We forget that she was crying a couple of episodes ago about trying to fit in with women who are wealthy, right? And I posted it on my Insta, on my Twitter saying, this is why a lot of housewives go broke because they live, they live above their means. And... Might not be the case of Monica, but if you are able to afford a $5,000 handbag, you might be better than a lot of people in America, right? Um, I agree, Aaron. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this because there is, uh, there is a truth behind this comment. Aaron said, Monica coming into this not feeling like an equal to this lady, and I, my opinion is... She is trying to make it and see her as equal, even if it's just in her mind that they aren't equal. I mean, there is some truth behind that comment, right? I I do believe the the struggle of trying to fit in it's what is making Monica kind of like 
not 100% that newbie that you expected her to be. That's just my opinion, too. Another part that I'm kind of like shocked is the fact that she decided to talk to Whitney about a gossip that she heard about Angie K's husband. And I said this before. I said it many times. I'm not very um, supportive of people trying to paint somebody as gay. Like Kyle Richards, when when the Kyle Richards and Morgan stuff is been is you know came out, a lot of people use that as like a clickbait. A lot of people you weaponize sexuality against Kyle Richards. And don't get me wrong, when Kyle Richards did it to Denise and Lisa Rena did it to Denise, I was very vocal. First of all, I'm a huge Denise Richard fan which we'll be talking about it when I get to the Beverly Hills segment because she's back and we saw the trailer and I'm excited. Um, I hate when people try to paint somebody being, you know, attracted to their same sex as some kind of weapon. What happened on Atlanta with uh, Marlo? I've been saying it from the beginning of the whole rumor with Drew having like a relationship with a woman. If Drew said, I'm not in a relationship with this woman, that's all we need to take for. It's not our business to push people out of the closet. And the fact that Monica um, brought up on camera the, the rumor about NGK's husband is to have sex with other men. I was like, here we go again. Is this even necessary? No. Um, and Whitney took the opportunity to let NGK know. I have a feeling, I this is just my personal feeling, that Whitney let Angie know what she heard from Monica before the party. At least uh, Lisa Barlow's, you know, party, like Aspen or whatever thing that she was doing. I think that because NGK's reaction to when she heard what Monica has to say and the way that she heard that from Meredith, I have a feeling that Whitney's, you know, she likes NGK. She is not very friendly with Meredith. She used this information that she got from Monica, let NGK know before filming, and they went into it trying to make sure to confront Monica, to confront Meredith right on the spot. Because um, even, I mean, even if it's not the point, that's not the point, Whitney immediately said, you know what, we, we need to tell NGK she's here, let's call her over, let's not gossip about this anymore and let her know what other people are talking about her marriage, right? Then... NGK was obviously upset, but NGK seemed prepared for it. Her reaction wasn't like, oh my gosh, no. She was like, oh no. So it didn't sound surprised. There, there was no surprise tone in her voice. Um, or maybe it's just the monotone that she has as a voice. But 
And I'll be surprised that is that the case because she wasn't watching what happened live and girl has different voices. Girl has like feel like emotions in her voice. She's not like a monotone person. She's not like Meredith. Meredith has like a very monotone version. She goes from British accent to American accent to like Xanax accent, but she has like a very monotone um voice. You only sense a little anger when she raises her voice. But beside that, like, happy Meredith, sad Meredith, angry Meredith, uh, all, they all sound the same, right? Um, but NGK was on Watch What Happened Live, and she was very exciting. She, her, you know, she had emotion in her voice. So I'm, that's why I, I started to think maybe, maybe she was prepared for that conversation. And the way she was prepared was because Whitney let her know beforehand. You know what I'm saying? Are you, you know, I hope I'm being clear because I've been thinking about this since I watched the episode the other night. And I'm like, I want to share this on my podcast because I want to know people's opinion. <sighs> Definitely a very interesting season. And I'm happy that Solid City is having uh, a comeback because last season was a disaster. More than a disaster was terrible. I am going to share with you guys my opinion on the Beverly Hills trailer. Now that we kind of mention it, you know, with uh, Denise, I'm happy. A lot of people seem to be confused by it, but one thing that I can say about the diamonds in Beverly Hills is that they do not disappoint. They still a very strong franchise. And I'm sorry, guys, I do like the, the cast photos. I do like the whole, whole like Beverly Hills hotel vibe, the whole like, you know, palm, like palm, um, wallpaper, the, 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 you know, the, the checkerboard. Florin is pink. It's uh, it's beautiful. I I love this cast photos. I love the group photo too. People are trashing it, saying that it's like low budget. I'm like, no, this is way better than that horrible silver photo that we got last year. That was a disaster. Last year was so low budget that like the Photoshop was not even photoshopping enough. This season, yes, I'm invested. I think that the richness and the wealth of Beverly Hills is back. Um, maybe it's because it's a season where they are moving forward from Erica Jane's legal battles. It might not be the center of the conversation anymore. Uh, obviously, she's still dealing with her problems and with her $7 uh, Vegas residency. Which, by the way, I think is freaking hysterical how life works. She made this snarky comment against Denise Richards saying, Oh, do you know that you can get a, uh, a $7 Denise Richards bundle on her OnlyFans? I'm like, she's making millions on, on OnlyFans. You're making probably like not even a quarter what she's making by dancing around in, in leotards, lip syncing to cheap ass songs. So I, I didn't like that comment because once again, they try to sex shame Denise. 
This happened on when she came the first time on the show. They tried to use that again against her. And the funniest part is, is isn't Erica Jane a whole persona created by Erica Girardi to express her sexuality and be sexually open and be like sex positive and like pat the puss and like and like do the whole whatever. And then she has like this like very judgy side against people who have only fans. Like, I don't understand that. Like, do I have one? No. Will I be able to create one? No, I don't have that personality. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very comfortable with myself. I'm very comfortable with my body, with my sexuality. I'm very sex positive. I'm very, like, outspoken about, about sex. I'm not, ver I'm not shy. That's the whole point. But do I see myself having an OnlyFans? No, I, I don't have that in myself. But if Denise Richard is doing it and making money of it, or, or if anyone is doing it and making money out of it, props to them and kudos. Because I wish I would do that just from the from you know from home, and I don't have to like work or anything. Just like film this like you know videos of doing whatever, right? Uh, who am I to judge how people make their money? So. I was surprised that the one making these comments was Erica Jane. Because out of all the people, she was supposed to be the sex positive one. When she came on the show, remember when she came on the show, everybody was making fun of her. Remember that even Lisa Rena was making fun of her music video. Uh, what's it called? Uh, not the expensive. The one before that was quite not good. Uh, it, um, Painkiller, I think it was called. So I I I don't understand her reaction. This like I'm better than you because you have an only fan. And um you you getting stuff for seven dollars. I'm like, guess what? Your your Vegas residency, quote unquote, because I don't think that's what a Vegas residency is all about. It's sold for seven bucks online. And to be honest, I'm going to be honest to you guys. I would rather pay $7 to see Denise Richards taking a shower than paying $7 to see Erica Jane patting the puss on a stage. Period.com. The trailer, though... Focus a lot on Kyle Richards' new found, I don't know, love for Morgan or the fact that maybe her marriage is falling apart. Everybody's questioning it. Sutton is obviously the one doing the work. No matter what you say, people, no matter what you say, if Sutton wasn't asking the questions, we will not have anything to talk about. Because the reason why we talk about Erica Jane's um, legal issues for two seasons was because Miss Sutton asked the good question, the, the, the deep questions, right? Um, and obviously, we also had Garcelle doing the same thing, too. Uh, I love that about them. They are not afraid to ask questions. They are not creating the drama. They are not uh, trying to push a storyline uh, on other people like Lisa Rena used to do. Like she forced people out of the show because she was so evil 
in her way of like producing. But we have people like Garcelle and Sutton who are smart, who know how to ask questions, who are not your typical housewife of Beverly Hills. They're not like, like you know, quiet and proper. No, they are smart. They are businesswomen and they are going to ask questions, right? Um, so I see a lot of like, Sutton asking about Kyle's marriage on 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 the trailer. I I think Crystal finally found her voice because Newbie and Marie is going after her, and I'm gonna say it, I'm pre-standing Crystal because the reason why I think this woman Anne Marie is so adamant to say that she gave her something to talk about was because. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but Emery has very questionable uh, ideas and, and, and opinions. Very questionable. Very transphobic. Very homophobic. So um, I do believe that that's the reason why she said those things. Because Crystal, is uh, she's been asking the questions too. You know, at the beginning, she had a moment with Sutton and, you know, they finally got to like a good place. They spoke about it and the misunderstanding and, and Sutton was like, hey, I grew up in a, you know, a different time and I'm learning and I want to make sure that I, that I'm good. And it seems like the conversation between them actually was honest because Crystal was trying to move on from that, even though we saw some bombs on the road last season. But they've been really closed. Uh, they hang out like outside the the filming. They go to like baseball games. They both like baseball, so they found a good friendship. But I don't know how that's gonna work this season with Emery. If you if you look for her and her husband, you will find really disgusting comments against um, trans kids, and um, you know that. You know, Gabrielle Union has a trans child and they were making comments about them and it was disgusting, right? So I believe that Crystal bring this up on the show and she confronts Emery about this, um, you know, opinions. And uh, I, I, I hope that Crystal, you know, mop the floor with her because I do not support anyone with um, obvious homophobic and transphobic behavior like that it's a very close to home topic right um, it's like Danielle Kavra between you and me you guys I've been following some post that people are finding on Danielle Cabral's Facebook at the beginning was like about Blue Lives Matter and very kind of racist comments. Um, I'm surprised that they haven't blown up as much as like Jenny, Jenny from Salt Lake City. Um, but the other day I saw somebody posting a screenshot of Daniel Cabral's Facebook making a casually 
homophobic comment. Uh, he, I don't know, they were talking about somebody, I think he was like a football player or like a baseball player, saying like, oh, he has to be gay. He's so fruity. He's like a fruity pebbles. That type of commentary, you guys, it's casual homophobia. I don't care if you put a, a no hate sticker on your face or you pretend to be, you know, an ally. If you had that mentality, that means that you think, you know, that being gay, it's, uh, it's being a weak man. Well, he's gay. He must be a fruity pebble. He's, he's a fruity pebble. That type of commentary is low-key homophobic. And, and ha that's how many gay men are bullied in high school. Many. is Pretty much all of us once got called a fruity pebble or a fruitcake or something like that because people think that being gay is a sign of weakness, you know, of being like, you know, fruity or something like that. So... I've been following this story, though, because I don't want to accuse somebody of something just based on a screenshot, but I'm going to do my Nancy Drew, you know, investigation. And like Sutton does, I'm going to ask all the questions. Um, so watch my spaces on that. I, I'm excited for... For Beverly Hills, I do believe that it has the potential to be a great season. Many people were doubting if it's going to be good, but I believe that it's going to be great because we have little to nothing leaked while they were filming, right? They are talking a little bit more now because they're getting close to to um, to the premiere. And I'm happy they moved the premiere to October 25th from November 1st because I'm flying to Vegas on November 1st and I'm watching... Um, I'm watching um, Katy Perry that night, so I was going to miss the premiere, but now I'm going to be able to watch the premiere live. So um, I'm excited because, as you guys know, Beverly Hills is my core franchise. It's my favorite franchise. It's what cemented my love for Bravo, and I'm very excited to have them back on Wednesday night. One franchise that is going to be back on a Wednesday night too, you guys, it's um, Miami. I'm not happy about this, though. I'm not happy because that is setting Miami for failure. I don't know why Bravo think that some franchises need another one to get the viewers to watch it. I think that's a really bad strategy when it comes to a franchise that is already a staple. Um, I was not happy when Miami was moved from Bravo to from Peacock to Bravo. I do not think that that is a good move. Because if it doesn't do good on Bravo, it's going to hurt the production value. Watch, watch it happen. Uh, now they decided to put Miami after Beverly Hills every Wednesday. It's premiering November 1st. Yes. Because Potomac premieres on Sunday, November 5th. So yes. Um, and my, my opinion on it is like most people get tired after watching one main show. Um, if it's like watching like, you know, usually like main franchise, they should have like a uh, follow-up optional show. Like, for example, Southern Charm. I love Southern Charm, and it's a show that can stand on their own, right? Um, 
But if they move it to like a Wednesday to be after Beverly Hills, I think it will be just as fine of having it, Thursday, having it on Thursday at 9 p.m. Because people who watch Southern Charm is going to tune in to watch Southern Charm. It still airs at 9 p.m. on Thursdays, right? I personally believe the main franchises like uh, Real Housewives, any housewife shouldn't be a follow-up. Look, look what is happening with New York. They thought that it was necessary to put New York after Atlanta to drive the viewers from Atlanta to watch New York. We were all exhausted after watching Atlanta. Most people turn it off and watch New York the next day on Peacock. Right? I watch all the shows no matter what because for me it's entertaining and obviously I enjoy live tweeting. It's like that's my favorite thing to do on this Bravo universe. I mean, if you don't follow me on Twitter, you're missing out half of the the fun of Martini with Eddie. Um, but to be honest, I'm not happy with the decision, and especially after watching such an amazing trailer. That trailer was magical. Like, I'm excited because I'm I know the ladies from Miami are gonna bring the fire. I mean. We see fights like like Kiki and, and Lisa that I was not expecting. We see a fight between Lisa and Alexia. Alexia maybe having to move out of her apartment because she's having financial issues. Uh, we see um, we see Gertie talking about her battle with cancer very openly. We saw that moment when she removed her her wig and and she started crying and stuff like that. I mean, it's so. Good. Every second of it, it was a dramatic moment. And I'm excited for Miami, but I'm concerned that people are going to be exhausted after watching Beverly Hills. And they're going to turn it off and be like, oh, I just watch Miami tomorrow. Brown needs to give each and one of their main crown jewels their own day. Just give them their own day. Put it on Thursdays. Put it on Tuesdays. Put it on Mondays. Don't put it on Friday. That's a bad idea. But, I mean, if you have a... Put it on Thursday. Put Miami on Thursday. And then you can watch Southern Charm if you want to at 9 p.m. There you go. Problem solved. Because it's going to premiere at the same time with Beverly Hills and then we're going to be like tired and then it's going to burn us real quick because they're going to start together and end together the same days pretty much. We're going to have to be watched. We're going to be watching two reunions at the same time and that seems exhausting. <laughs> like the same day, like not different days, the same day. Um... But yeah, the trailer is amazing. There is a lot of drama. Kiki is uh, activated. Um, there is drama with everybody. There is drama. Dr. Nicole with Alexia. I mean, they've been having issues since last season. And it seems like it's going to bleed into this one. And it's going to be like major. It, it, does ha it does have a lot. A lot of drama. So, yes. That is Good. Drama is good. But 
I hope there's also a lot of fun. I love the part when they go to Mexico to celebrate Pride in Mexico and Adriana perform Fire. I'm also excited that we might see her new... We might listen to her new song with Emilio Estefan because they they filmed something for the show where she performed a new song and it was so good. Like at least what I what you could hear in the background was so good. So I'm just I just cannot wait for it. Um I'm going to read this. Mia said it's overwhelming. I missed when they used to pair below deck in a housewife or a real estate show and a housewife is a nice balance. Like a bend the palm and a housewife was just enough drama. Exactly. That's exactly what I said. Like you just said it. Below deck, real estate show, like like um what's it called? Um million dollar listing shows or like, you know, the Southern Charms or like Summer House or Winter House. Uh, Vanderpump Rules at one point was like a secondary show, right? Obviously, Vanderpump Rules became so big on its own that, and way before, and this is way before the scandal, Vanderpump Rules became a crown jewel of Bravo real quick on their own because they were just a spinoff of Beverly Hills. They were just like a show that you watch after Beverly Hills if you wanted to watch it. But it became a show that people wanted to watch all the time because it was different at the time. When it first came out, it was all housewife shows and Vendepone Rules that was pretty much just really poor waitress and waitress, waitress and waiters and waitresses trying to make a living in, you know, Beverly Hills and uh, trying to become actors and whatever, which 90% of them didn't even make it. They became all reality stars and they all made business out of it, which is good. But the premise of the show was just waiters and waitresses trying to make a living so they could afford to go to, to like castings and whatever, right? And I think that's why it became like a, like, uh, like a big show because people could like, kind of like relate to it while watching the housewife that were just like mind-blowing nonsense erin have a great night i see your message and you're heading to bed <laughs> uh yes yes that's right i want to share this erin just said she's heading to bed it was a great life can't wait to listen to the rest tomorrow on the podcast love that i can listen to, the, to it the next day on apple Yes. <laughs> For those who are listening, if you if you got here late or or you just don't want to f- listen to the whole thing right now because I have a lot to say because like I said before, I this is my this is a super sized episode because obviously my face was a little sore after getting fillers on Wednesday. So like talking was a little like not it was not like painful but I mean, you don't want to talk a lot when you have needles over your jaw. <laughs> But that's beside the point. I'm happy to be doing this because you know that I appreciate you guys so much. I mean, I love looking at the live chat here and see all the conversation that the people that are joining me right now and watching the show uh, live with me and they leave all their comments and I can read them and I just enjoy doing that because that's this is the magic about doing a live podcast that you can, you know, like, you know, have this type of conversation and, and and have this moment of like um, interaction with people who always 
come here and share their, their opinion. I love that. And thank you so much for always being supportive. I appreciate it so much. Talking about Beverly Hills real quick, uh, I heard that um, Erica Jane is getting a spinoff, and I am shocked because I don't know why. It's supposed to be about her residency in Vegas, the process of getting it, the process of like training for it or like whatever. I mean, good for her. That's what I'm going to say. I'm not, I'm not going to talk shit about her because I, I have done that for a very long time. And I will definitely probably going to be doing it this season too. But for her fans, good for them because I hope she has enough fans to carry a show. <laughs> I mean, am I going to watch it? Maybe on Peacock the next day. Um, Orange County. Orange County was interesting you guys i am going to say that i'm happy that it's only two episodes though i think we need to normalize that i think bravo needs to realize that reunion with more than two episodes are just way too long and dragged because um do we always get a full episode of like dumb ass questions like like, Mary from Alabama is asking Tamra, what type of shoes are you wearing right now? Like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care what Tamra has to say about her shoes or her hair or whatever or what plastic surgeries they got. Because to be honest, I support plastic surgery, but I do not care to know what procedures they got to look the way that they do. Like, because Andy is always way too involved, way too involved. With the ladies, you know, physical transformation. And at the beginning, when he first started, like, asking those questions was very cringy. Because he'd be like, so what plastic surgery did you do? Whatever. Remember, like, back in the day? And he felt quite, like, invasive. Like, now he does like, a little more subtle. Like, like you know, I like you before, but tell me what you did now. Like, he keeps saying that to Emily. And I'm like, dude, you had said this so many times that it's sounding so... Um, this ingenuine when he says that like oh I like you before Emily but you look beautiful now what are you doing like just simply ask like what's your regimen and that's it period Um, one thing that I'm very happy about this reunion is the fact that Heather DeBro is not is not um, backing down she has been very clear about you know the accusations that she got the the whole entire season and she's clearing them up on the reunion for example um tenra think that she spoke to andy to you know stop her from coming back to the show and heather said you know what i'm a minuscule like a little piece of this machine uh and when i have the opportunity to talk to andy for the five minutes that i have I'm not going to talk about you, Tamra. And even Andy said, like, you know what, Tamra is true. I just want to tell tell you that Heather never said anything about that. So um, even Andy asked Heather, like, how do you feel coming into the reunion? She said, like, vindicated. And it's true. A lot of people out there who were not Heather Dubrow fans became Heather Dubrow fans this season because they saw how um, weirdly 
calculated this whole takedown on her was. It was so obvious that it was planned. It was too obvious that no matter what she said, it was going to be twisted in a way that um, it was going to be this big of a deal. But then you have people like Tanra, who truly trashes people on her podcast, on, on the media, on her social media. She gets like a free pass because either people are really pissed off I mean, and uh, people are really scared of piss her off or people want to be friends with her so badly that they would just let her step on them. Like Emily, for example. She is like, I'm so mad at Heather because Heather said this about me. But yet she wants to be friends with Tanra, who was calling her name on her podcast, who was calling her name in every other podcast. Um, and she even said like... Um, I think Andy asked a question when somebody said, like, why do you want to be friends with Tanra? Because she was so nasty to you on the press. And her answer sounded like, like a dog with their tail between their legs. And like, I mean, my main goal is that I want to be friends with Tanra. I'm like, so what's the problem with Heather, who's your real friend? Heather is your real friend. That is... I still don't understand it. And that's why I never understood during this season what was the problem that everyone had with Heather. Um, another problem that was also very highlighted during this reunion was uh, Tanra versus Jennifer. Jennifer... For a first-time housewife, she's doing really good during this reunion because she came prepared. First, um, Andy shared with everybody that they invited Ryan to be part of the reunion to tell his side. And she said, like, Ryan said no, because if he came on here and Tanra went after him, he was going to react and, you know, and say something. And he would be an asshole for doing so, for talking to a woman in some kind of way. And it's true. It is very true because we had seen it happening on, you know, New Jersey, for example. When Louis was invited last season to be on the panel, like on the reunion stage with all the husbands, everyone was going after him. And if he said something back, even if he if he was in a nice way, he was being called all type of names by people on Twitter. They still calling him like the Red Devil. The people calling him some kind of names and all this stuff. No matter what the guy does, he he's always going to be targeted as like this evil person. Yet we have real evil people on that stage. Real people that are not nice like Joe Gorga and people give them a pass. So I think it was very smart for Ryan to be like, I'm going to stay home and that's not my problem. That's your problem, Jen, to make sure that you know how to defend yourself to people from people like Tanra. Because Tanra is not afraid to really go low, like very low. You know what's really funny is that she's trying to paint Jen as a cheater and even Jen herself came back with a knockout. Uh, she said, when you met Eddie, you were with Simon. And when she said that, the conversation changed 
immediately because Tenra realized that Jen had the receipt. That's what when the moment that Jen said that, Tenra was like, uh, I was not mad at you for for cheating. I'm just like, you know, like uh 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 didn't know what to say. Her tongue tangled and her tone changed because she was exposed for being a hypocritical person. That night, this photo of Eddie with Simon and Tanra started to roll around. A picture that shows Tanra with him in a very cozy position with Simon next to them. Because from my understanding, Simon and Eddie either have businesses or or they were working on in the same you know type of line of work or whatever, and that's how she met him, and that's how she cheated and left her husband. She even said, "I left my husband." That was exactly what Jen did. She met Ryan and left her husband because she found somebody who she felt was more fu- fulfilling for herself. So. Jen clocked Tanra. She clocked her. And I'm happy for her to do that because it was time for somebody to put her in her place. And it wasn't even in an aggressive way. Yeah, she said, like, you're a fucking piece of shit, a friend and all this stuff. But Tanra was doing the most. And Jennifer was being very precise with her words. And she came on top. Somebody who surprisingly came on top that I was not expecting it was Gina. Gina and Shannon's argument, you guys, was bizarre, crazy. And I'm saying this because uh, one thing it's uh, trying to act like um, you didn't say something. Because you said it in a very quiet place and nobody was watching, but you still are acting like, oh, I didn't say that. I don't remember it. But when it's, in, when it's on camera, when it's on camera for, nation, for, for people to watch, for people across the country and the world to watch, and you still act like you didn't say it, it just doesn't make any sense. Shannon has no sense of accountability, no sense of like, you know, like I said this and I'm going to apologize because I spoke about your children on a very public place during a dinner. Well, while people were like, why are we even talking about this? Like, who cares? It's not it's not your place to say this. And Gina wasn't there to defend herself. You know, so I I agree. Uh, Mia Carla said, um, I respect Jen for not staying in a loveless situation and her children seem well-rounded. Tanra's kids show their toxicity 100%. That is that part right there. Tanra has a extremely very toxic son, extremely homophobic, like really freaking weird on social media um 
And it seems like, God forbid, if anyone mentioned that on camera, she brings this freaking guy to her party or whatever in the first few episodes. Not even one conversation about his very problematic comments on social media. Not even once. But yet, she's here trying to, you know, ruin somebody else's relationship. When she can even take care of her own house. Like, clean your own house before you judge how other people deal with their own, in their own home. Like, that's what I say. Like, why are you so involved in people's relationship when you have a huge skeleton in your closet that you might be taking out and dusted in the sun so it kind of airs the problems? You know, I, 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 that's the part that I, I don't get. Like, Tamra has way too many skeletons in the closet for her to be acting like she can go around and judge other people's relationship, right? Same with Shannon. I mean, Shannon, I, I am just so disappointed with her because I, I mean, I've never been a, a, like a Shannon fan. I've never been like super fan of her, but I can appreciate what she brings to the show. I, I like her quirkiness and her weird behavior sometimes and the way that she breaks the fourth wall every time that she feels cornered. I mean, she has little things that are like annoying, like like stop, stop, the, the you know, stop stopping, you know, production just because they're talking about something that you don't like. But I, I, I appreciate her, right? But this season is unbearable. She's annoying and nauseous and uh, so out of touch with the way that she spoke about Gina and, and, and her kids, right? Also, I'm very annoyed with her look. Like, she looks like she's cosplaying as Erica Jane. And I cannot stop looking at her and being like, oh my gosh. She's about to start lip syncing too expensive to be me any second. Because she looks just like a... um, Like somebody cosplaying as Erica Jane. Gosh. Um, I'm just looking forward to see what happens next week. It seems like next week is going to be heavily focused on um, Heather Dubrow. That's when everybody seems to be coming after her. And I just, I just want to make sure that she she she's fine because she did a great job defending herself. Newsflash. If you're watching the mask singer, you probably know that the diver was Tom Sandoval and not a shocker. I kind of got that from the beginning. And the fact that this guy can even win a competition that is supposed to be a stinging competition, uh, when his whole entire personality right now is like being a karaoke singer, I just don't get it. This guy is like, no. On the other hand, we have Ariana killing it on Dancing with the Stars. Uh, she's my queen of the ballroom. Uh, she's been killing it week after week. Week number two was uh, Latin Night. She did great. I'm just happy that Jamie Lynn Spears is out of the show because... Girl, I I can't stand Jamie Lynn. Jamie Lynn is another one that... What a disappointment. Let's talk about 
real quick about New Jersey. New Jersey, it's um, it's filming. It's still filming. This week we had two groups events, two cast events. Uh, we had what's her name, Melissa Gorgas, um, fashion show, and we had Teresa's uh, live podcast last night. For Namaste Bitches. And I just want to say one thing. I'm not going to go into details because I think um, a lot of people out there are already making podcasts about the whole thing and all the stuff. And I kind of want to wait a little more until we get closer to the um, the premiere of New Jersey to like really dive into all the drama and make sure that we are prepared for the season. But, um, but I can tell you one thing. I, I watched both, you know, shows... Uh, film strip like film on like um you know clips and what's not i didn't go i was supposed to go to, to teresa's last night to namaste bitches live but because i had some you know scheduling issues i couldn't go and i'm really sad about it but i kind of lived through like people like jack from uh real house of new jersey obsessed um he was posting a lot and then my dear dear friend uh, Gabriela was also posting. So I got all my tea from them, like reading their tweets and stuff. Um, when it comes to the Melissa Gorga runway show, I didn't understand why she walked and did the bow wow at the end. Like, you know, like when, you know, when you go to a, when you go to a fashion show, the designer at the end comes out and thanks the audience and do the you know, the bow down and, and you know do the whole thing. Because that's their work. That's what they spend weeks and months and year and a whole year sometimes to prepare for a runway. That's that's like their kids. When designers release a new collection, it's like their baby. So they I mean that's like their moment of glory. The only work that, that Melissa has done is probably go to Amazon to get the pieces into her store. She's not designing anything. She's not a designer, right? So when she came out at the end, like trying to take like some kind of like moment, I was like, what? What is happening right now? Like last time I checked, you're not a designer. It doesn't make sense. And this is not coming from a place like, oh, I don't like Melissa Gorga because I do not like her, period. But um, but even if he was like some random person, walking a wrong way at the end for clothing that is not yours, that you purchased to, 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 to sell in your little b- boutique is weird. Doesn't make sense. Like, okay, have a, a fashion show to, to showcase the product that you sell at your store. And then at the end, you have a reception and you socialize with people. Yes, but walking the wrong way makes no fucking sense. I'm sorry, that doesn't make sense. I don't care who you are, but you if you didn't design the clothing, don't do it. It looks weird. Um... On the other hand, we have um, Teresa's podcast, live podcast event last night in New Jersey. 
uh, it was literally less than an hour. It was no online, like an hour and a half away from where I live. So um, I wanted to go, and I saw that they had like these buses. You know, they had like a bus where people kind of like went together to the to the location. Uh, Jennifer actually left. I don't know if she went on a bus to the place, but she left from the place in a bus. So now I kind of wish I went so I could have taken the bus with all of them. That would have been so much fun. But I'm sad that, you know, life is life in right now for me and I, and I needed to take care of stuff. And also I'm going to BravoCon in less than a month. So I'm sure I can see them there, you know, or if Namaste Bitches has another like live show either here in Jersey you know, nearby me or in New York City, which is like five minutes away from my house, I will definitely go. Um, but uh, based on the videos and the photo that I saw, Jackie, Jim Fessler, Dolores, and obviously Teresa's bestie, Jennifer Aiden, were present at the show. They were very excited. Even Jackie threw a job at, at Melissa Gorga because on her post on Twitter, on Instagram, Jackie posted a photo of Dolores, um, Jen Fessler, Jennifer Aiden, and herself with the caption saying, now that's a front row ready for Namaste Bitches Live. If, and if that's not a, a job at uh, Melissa Gorga's um, front row at her dis in, like designing whatever fashion show, I don't know what that is. Also present was Dorinda. Dorinda made a cameo. I hope she is also like part of the 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 franchise because we are seeing a lot of housewives making crossovers. Like we saw on the trailer for Beverly Hills, we saw um we saw Cynthia, we saw um Denise Richards, we saw Camille making a cameo too. Uh, but Cynthia from Atlanta made a, made you know her way to Beverly Hills, so I hope that we are gonna see more and more of this housewife making little special appearances on other franchises. Uh oh, okay. Uh, Mia Carla said they said New York City and Pokemos, which will rock. I wish they will do a show at Crystal Spring Resort. This way, people can spot and show. Yeah, I if it's in New York City, trust me, I'll that's not a problem. I'll probably go in a heartbeat. So yeah. I'm I'm going to BravoCon next month and that's what I'm like focused on right now. Like literally my life is like BravoCon 24-7, getting clothing, getting everything ready. So yeah, it's uh it's it's a full-time job to go to BravoCon, you guys. It's not a joke. It's not a joke, it's a full-time job. I wanna finish the podcast just talking real quick about um Southern Charm because we're getting we're getting into the dirty this season. We're getting into the dirty between Austin, uh Sheb, Olivia, and Taylor. Um, this episode was heavily focused on Taylor's new business called Day Chaser. By the way, I love it. I am obsessed with it. She sent me a PR uh, box with different flavors. I already drank a bunch of it. 
Last night I drank um, the cucumber vodka. It was absolutely delicious. So if you have the chance to either shop in your area for Day Chaser or maybe check the website. I don't know if they ship or anything like that, but um, so worth it. It's delicious. It's very summery. It has a very summer vibe. So um, we are getting into the winter here in Jersey. And so, um, yeah, it's good to have like a little summer moment. I, I drank it last night while watching the episode. So it was very... Very, very on brand <laughs> because they were having an event at Republic that is owned by Leva. For those who don't know, obviously, I and by the way, I am obsessed with Leva. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, I wanted to say that. What well, was that with the 101 Dalmatian code? That's from Mia Carla. It's true, whoever told Craig to wear that coat hate him because that was. So bad. That was extremely bad. It looked so cheap. It looked like he bought it at Party City. And um, it was horrible. I'm happy that the uh, Vanita and and um, and Madison clocked him. <laughs> I mean, the code was horrible. And we don't... I mean, honestly, I love Taylor. I just think that this idea of making a... Uh, a ski theme party was um, weird to have in 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 Charleston for a drink called Day Chaser that is that in the bottle has like a sun like a wave and like it's more like a beach vibe. I would expect more like a beach theme party, like a luau or something like that. You know, um, I don't know that the theme didn't didn't click with me charleston never gets cold enough to like wear that type of coats you know um i went to charleston in february everybody was freaking wearing like like fur coats and like um you know like heavy winter jackets and i'm like this is not even that cold for me like if you want cold, come up, come up come to new jersey come to new york and we will show you cold in the winter that cold in, in, in February was not enough for you to be wearing, like, a full parka. <laughs> but honestly, I was very confused with the theme. I was also very confused at the fact that JT is so messy in a good way. <laughs> this man is so ready to uh, throw Austin under the bus... Because he knew what to do. You can tell that he was waiting for the... He was salivating for the moment that he was going to be cast for the show. He was like, I got this. I'm going to bring it. I'm going to make sure that I expose Austin. Boy can stop talking about, you know, Taylor sleeping over at Austin. And I believe it's because there's also a little jealousy. I think he's very interested on on Taylor, but um, it's just really funny. Like, this man can be, like, a housewife. Like, he's ready for that. He, he's, he was made for, for Bravo shows. He's so messy. <laughs> I like him. I, I like JT. But I appreciate Rob. The, both, both of the Robs. Uh, you know, all, uh, Olivia's date Rob and... Gay Rob, right? I, I like them both. I think 
the more we get to meet them uh, as the season goes, the more we're gonna like them. Uh, especially because uh, Rock, uh, Olivia's Rock, um, seems like a really down to earth kind of guy, like the type of guy that we don't see on Southern Charm that often. Because ninety percent of the men in this, sh- like on these shows, like Southern Charm and anything in Charleston, they add like college kid, no matter how old they are. So it's good to see like a balance where there is a man that he actually respect women and and defend them when other people are talking about him, you know, because he said like, hey, I don't know why he's so mad at Olivia because um, Austin, you know, was mad or like trying to make me mad because he saw her at share house uh, kissing another guy. I mean, like why he's trying to like slut shame her. She's single. She can kiss whoever she wants. And I think that is so refreshing, right? Um, I just hope that we get to the bottom of this issue with Taylor and Austin and Olivia and Shep. I don't want this to be a black eye situation where we don't have a resolution. Also, even though they're trying to make this like a scandal moment, it's not going to hit the same way because... I mean, first of all, A, we are tired from Scandable, like mentally, physically, emotionally tired. B, I don't think people care as much for Southern Charm as they care for Vanderpump Rules, especially for Ariana, who always has been somebody who was very neutral, who was very like like that person who like everybody was having issues, but she was trying to be the voice of reason of the group. That's why people like her. And were really like devastated when she was going through the whole scandal. I mean, people don't know Taylor that much. People don't know Olivia that much. People hate the boys. People, I mean, many people dislike Austin and Shep for who they are. Like they are not. I mean, they know it. They 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 know it. They know that they can even keep up women around. So it's not like I'm trashing them. I'm not trashing these people. I actually like them. I, I like Shep. A little more than I like Austin, though. Austin, I not a big fan. Shep, he's toxic, but he's also kind of funny, and he has like a very charming personality in person. So I give him a little pass, but not like a free pass, but more like I kind of like whatever. Like this dude, I can't handle. Austin, his voice annoys me. His face annoys me. He looked like Big Bird from Sesame Street. So, and I don't see the charm. I don't see why he gets girls. Like, he might have, like, a fucking 12-inch dick because nothing clicks in my head with this guy. He's not funny. He's not good-looking. He is tall. That's all. He's boring. Like, he, the way that he talks, the way that he acts, he seems, like, like so vanilla and so bland. And, like, this guy has no, like, flavor, no sense of humor. So, um... Also, Shep, like, yeah, Mia just said it. Uh, Shep doesn't lie about who he is. He knows who he is. And he, like, like he's like, yeah, this is who I am, period. At least he owns it. And that kind of makes you, like, understand him a little more because you he's not trying to dance around the bushes, right? But Austin is like, 
that, that he's like he's pretending to be this like good of a person when he is just as bad or worse than Shep. If you look at it, I do believe, I do believe that Austin played Taylor and Olivia, and he didn't care. And I got that sense too, because when a a Taylor called Austin to tell him that she spoke to Olivia, he didn't sound like, like, he didn't sound like he was taking the information and be like, okay, I mean, I don't know. Like, his reaction seemed annoying. Like, why would you talk to her? Or like, or like he was trying to hide it. I think that um, that he's using both of them. Like, he, he, he's trying to be a player. He's trying to play with both, you know? And he wasn't expecting both to talk about it. That's what I think. I think he's starting to feel like he got caught um, because he wasn't... He probably thought that people were going to see it like, oh, they're just two friends, right? Maybe they are just two friends. But the way that he's acting is giving me the vibe that they that something happened between them. Might not be all the way sex, but maybe they hooked up, maybe they kiss, whatever. But the way that he's acting is giving the idea that something truly happened. And... um. And he wasn't expecting Olivia and Taylor to talk to each other about it. And he got caught. And I think that's what is going to happen next week. Is they, uh, I mean, it's next week, Sheb and, and, and Austin are going to have that conversation. So let's see how that goes. I do know, though, that when it comes to the boys club, they're going to stick together. No matter what, they're going to stick together. And um, they might be mad with each other for like a week or two. And then they're going to go back to be best friends, drinking beers in uh, King Street. That's what's going to happen. So, ah, guys, that has been a lot of information for this episode. And like I said before, um, just because I didn't do my usual two episodes a week. I actually like this. I actually like this one episode where we just sit down and have a long-ass conversation about Bravo. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed it, too. Uh, and if you like it, you know what to do. You know what I always ask you guys is uh, for simply subscribe to my podcast and share share my podcast with your friends. Share my podcast to your friends. Uh, let's bring the, the listeners, up, listeners up. If you have a Bravo holic friend that doesn't know about my podcast please share with them also make sure to subscribe and uh rate you know ratings on my podcast help the podcast to be found by other people while they're searching for bravo content um also if you can also subscribe to my youtube channel i'm going to make a lot of content during BravoCon, and if you want to catch all that that really cool BravoCon content make sure to subscribe to my youtube channel also Follow me on Instagram and Twitter as Martini with Eddie. I also have my own website, martiniwitheddy.com, which, by the way, I need to update. I'm really behind on that. But life is lifing with me. Um, okay, you guys, it's Friday night. I hope you guys are out or, or in having a little cocktail, a little drink. If you don't drink alcohol, maybe you are drinking a tea or a coffee or a glass of water. Whatever your drink of choice is, I hope you're having it. You're having a good time. Please, please, please go ahead and have a great weekend and take care of yourself. That's very important. 
you know, you know, you know what I always say, bestie, is, is you know, you, life you only live once, but you gotta make sure that you live in the right way, and you gotta make sure you take care of yourself, like fillers. <laughs> no, don't do fillers. Oh, do fillers if you want to. I'm, I'm saying it's like I'm not telling you that you have to do it. <laughs> okay, guys, have a great weekend, and say it with me, besties, one, two, three. Bye, besties.